This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. And this is for you. Mmm, chocolate took the drink. Thank you, thank you. And Dracula thought, hmm, after the drink, he felt, ah, he's so tired. I think he better go home, you know. So he walked and he walked and he walked. And when he reached home, he was trying to open the door. So quiet in the house, and suddenly the ghost came out and said, "Boo, Dracula!" And Dracula looked at the ghost and said, ah, "I'm so scared! Oh no, you scared me! Oh, I'm not scared at all." I'm just not feeling creepy today. I am very tired, little ghost. I think, oh, I want to go home. I want to go up to my bed and sleep. That's a snippet from a storytelling session called Once Upon a Time with Susan and Elaine. This dynamic duo has been doing this for the past year via Zoom to lighten up the mood and help entertain kids that are stuck at home during the pandemic. In this episode, we're going to speak to them to hear how they got here. Hi, my name is Susan. My background is I teach um, music, I teach piano, and I also basically uh, do music stuff, like perform with a choir, teach piano, do music with small kids. Hi, my name is Elaine. I'm 28 and I'm graduated from the University of Malaya, major in performing arts. So after I graduated, I become a full-time music teacher. I teach a choir, I teach solo singing, I teach piano and I teach group classes. So I'm a full-time music teacher. Uh, maybe perhaps you can you know, walk us through the reasoning behind starting this project. Okay, uh... During the pandemic, I, I was quite free. There are a lot of online classes going on. I mean, last year. So my time is actually quite, quite flexible. So there was, uh, there was once I was uh, introduced by a friend in, in London uh, to listen to a storytelling. And I thought, wow, this is uh, very interesting because I used to attend a lot of storytellings with my kids when they were young uh, in, in a lot of uh, bookstores here. But recently, I've not seen... Um, anyone doing it so when my friend showed me the storytelling that they do for adults in London I was thinking oh wow this is this is very interesting you know uh, and it's online on Zoom so I thought well, maybe we could do something like that so I went to check out uh, bookstores and places you know whether do they do this kind of thing anymore but a lot of them tell me that they don't do this because uh, they can't find storytellers so I approached Elaine and I said, I want to do something different. I want to do a, a trilingual storytelling to fit our country, three different languages for the children, you know. Then we went to uh, research quite a, a number of things and, and uh, we talk about it. And I said, you know, uh, besides this, we want to also add on like some music to it. So instead of introducing stories and books to children, we're also introducing music to kids. So it's basically like kill two birds with one stone, you know. 
Uh, apart from, I guess, uh, bringing your kids to a lot of um, storytelling sessions uh, back when I guess things were a bit more normal, um, what's your personal relationship with storytelling? Like, did you grow up uh, listening to stories from your parents and whatnot? Yes, I I do. I listen to stories from my. I mean, my dad introduces to a lot of uh, all this uh, story reading, storytelling. You know. Elaine, um, how about you? Uh, how did you, you know, react to uh, the proposal by Susan when she wanted to, I guess, start this project? <laughs> when she read, it was on a very normal day where Susan texted me, "Hey, Elaine, I want to do something." So I said, "Okay, what what is that? What is that about?" And she said, "I want to do storytelling." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, you know, we've been performing on stage to the adults, and we've been teaching to children, and it's basically like acting. And I want to do storytelling, and I think we can do this. I don't know Mandarin." So Elaine, I need you to be the Mandarin storyteller. And also for the Bahasa, we can take turns every week. One of us, we take turn to uh, tell a Bahasa story so that children will be benefit from us from listening to three different stories. So I said, oh, wow. Okay. So, but, you know, after, to be honest, as a Malaysian, um, after I graduated from my high school, I rarely touch Bahasa Belayu. So to be honest, I had a, I had a, Good time looking for Bahasa story and revising my Malay and instead of going to the mama and say, hey, roti canai satu, teh tarik satu. Instead of that, I I broaden and revise my Bahasa Melayu so, so much more. And I thought that was quite fun. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting considering that I think um, sometimes when, you know, people want to start this kind of project, they tend to maybe uh, hone in on only one language, right? But I think for the two of you, you perhaps feel like maybe it's it's pretty important to, I guess, embrace the diversity uh, that we have and perhaps, you know, tell stories in multiple languages, right? Especially for, for kids, you know, if you think about it, um, sometimes it's good for kids to also be exposed to different languages, right? Especially if they come from, I guess, a family that's perhaps, you know, only speak one language. So it's good to also be exposed to different languages that are available in, in Malaysia, right? Yeah, that's what we actually uh, discussed and thought of. I mean, that's what came to my mind uh, at the very first stage when I thought of this uh, instead of just do English story, you know? Because English, it, it, this language is so widely used. Everybody understands this. But for Mandarin and Bahasa, it's, it's just very limited, as I said, unless you're exposed to that kind of uh, uh, friends, you know, or, or culture, but then you don't get to speak that language at home if you're not on a certain race, you see. I mean, it's sad to say this, you know. Ah, di dalam hati. Oh, Tuhanku. Hamba tidak boleh lagi tahan sikap anak saya. Tolonglah, Tuhan. Kalau Tuhan mahu menghukumnya, saya tidak akan menyesal. Selepas ibu habis berdoa, tiba-tiba Dermi berjerit, Ibu! Ibu, tolong! 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 Kenapa kaki saya keras dan bergerak? Tidak bergerak! Tolonglah saya, Bu! Tolonglah! Sedikit demi sedikit, Dermi menjadi batu. Ibu menangis dan berkata, Maafkanlah, Ibu. Inilah hukuman kelakuan kamu terhadap Ibu. Dermi menjerit dan menangis. Ampunkan saya, Bu. Saya tidak mahu berkelakuan tidak baik lagi. Ampunlah saya, Bu. Maafkanlah saya, Ibu. Janganlah. How did you source your stories? Uh, I think you've told some classic stories, but at the same time, yeah, um, what's the curation process like when it comes to picking stories? And do you translate um, 
for example, if you pick a story like Jack and the Beanstalk, for example, do you then translate the story to the other languages or do you find stories that are already there that are more common in those languages? Because I'm sure different languages have different classics, right, for example, um, or like, I guess, different variations of uh, stories um, for kids that I think we grew up with, right? So we actually had a plan that we, we, we will pick a certain month to do a theme. So basically, our story is actually not from the usual story like Jack and the Beansprout or Cinderella and because you want to tell something different. But when we find the books, we find the books that has interesting stories where children never seen and never heard before. And uh, we, we make sure there's a moral value behind. So for mine, for my, where, get I, where did I get my Mandarin books? I will go online and search basically because... Um, the Mandarin story books are really found in popular or most of the bookstores. So usually I'll go to a Taiwanese website to order the book and, and I get the book from there and so that I, I can tell more stories. And also I look for online resources as well. Yeah. And after every story, after every stories, I will tell, I will translate into English because, because of, um, we understand that we have different races of children. So we, I will tr- make a translation to tell them what is the story talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I basically buy uh, books sometimes. I mean, of course, I Google online. As for Bahasa story, although we live in Malaysia, but uh, but we are, <laughs> Bahasa story is the hardest to find. Basically, when I start this uh, storytelling, I want to do folklore. Um, but so we, we try to find something uh, relate to the Asian uh, folklore, you know. So like to do animals, to do with trees, uh, magicals, you know, that we, we have heard from young, you know. What I do is uh, for Malay stories, uh, same thing. It's, it's basically online because bookstores are really has very, very limited uh, resources but for english books they are widely you know uh, to be found so i basically buy a lot of books so basically now i have a little library of uh children books mm. both of you i guess to an extent have backgrounds in uh performances right so how difficult or maybe not difficult but you know how is it like to be doing this uh uh, in a different format, like in front of a computer, in front of camera, virtually, and with the whole get-up and everything. Because I think based on what I've seen, uh, you, you do dress up as well to, I guess, get into into characters, I suppose. Uh, because this is uh, this whole month is our Halloween theme. So every week, uh, we dress up differently, uh, just in conjunction with the Halloween month. But um, I mean, to me, I don't feel uh, much differences. Uh, it's just that the internet problem that uh, sometimes will give you the sort of the lagging thing other than that uh because i i think both of us teach uh online uh, music classes and also group classes so uh for this like like things like that i think it's quite normal i, I mean to me it's quite normal there's nothing difficult to do it mm, you've already gotten used to i guess the the medium as well mm. right so, to yeah. so so it's just a matter of like okay just now and because you have like you said yeah, your background as a teacher as well teaching online so storytelling is just a different different form of performance, right? To a certain extent. Actually, practice the, for the first few times. Uh, me and uh, Elaine actually do like practices. Like we call someone to come in, uh, a few of our friends, and then we we actually do practices. So we tell our friends, please act as children and listen to our story. So basically, we do like like practices uh, on on Zoom. Okay, so 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 there's a there's a quote unquote trial run before you start doing the whole thing. But once you've started everything, um, do you still practice like um before you perform, or is it just a matter of like 
both of you have already um, the chemistry is already there so it's just a matter of like um, knowing what to do you know you don't even have to rehearse uh, every time you want to like do um, your session unless we will have like previous month few months ago we had a theme of um classic story so we had a we had a rehearsal before the the first week for the classic stories and for the halloween as well we also had a rehearsal so unless there's a special theme it's not that we will it's not that because we are very used to it so we is yeah like what you say it's the chemistry we have the chemistry so we we don't need to we don't need to like every week come to a rehearsal but for special occasion we will because both of us actually know each other quite a while and we both performed uh, together so uh i think uh basically it's a matter of trust you know that i believe that she can do her work in a way that uh we all agree on and so i think she also trusts me that i will do my job according to what i have uh, we have discussed so i think we have this trust between each other and of of course the chemistry you know i'm sure at, at one point last year it was it was pretty um lively to an extent i guess because you know people are still locked down but um you know as of right now um you know things are opening up do you do you foresee uh, the same number of participants joining in for now we we have our since our first performance we had like a small little group of regular children coming to join us every sunday without fail so we do understand that after the pandemic parents will bring their kids out especially on a sunday evening we where it's the best time for family time but however this is we will not stop doing it because i mean children will think of us i'm sure they don't go out every week for me i'm sure parents will also think okay i don't want to go out every week so when they don't go out they will remember oh come let's tune in to watch uh miss susan and miss elaine talk telling stories so that's how i feel so to me i think i think it's okay to go out and also to enjoy the stories once in a while that was elaine lee and she's joined by susan kui and together they founded once upon a time with susan and elaine a virtual storytelling project for children conducted via zoom we're going to go for a short break stay tuned i'm hanif baharudin and you're listening to i love kl on bfm 89.9 Yes, and then <gasps> here comes the little one out of the little house. <gasps> not very big, not very bad, but it's a little mouse. <gasps> oh, the good fellow child thinks, "Oh, oh, you're gonna taste good tonight. You're gonna be my midnight supper. Mm, yummy, yummy, yum!" And good fellow child caught him in his tail. And the mouse said, "Wait, wait, wait! Before you eat me, wait. Let me tell you something. That's a friend of mine that you have to meet. If you let me hop onto this little twig, I will show you my friend is very bad and very big. So don't eat me now. Let me show you my friend." <sighs> the gruffalo clenched his. And let go of the mouse, and the big bad mouse just <gasps> jump, and he said, "The big bad mouse doesn't exist." <gasps> the mouse hop 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 onto the tree, and he said to the gruffalo child, "You wait and see the big bad mouse going to appear." <gasps> 
out came the moon and the moon shined onto the mouse. It was bright and round and a terrible shadow you can see that's on the ground. <gasps> what is this creature so big and so bad and so strong? His tails and his whiskers are so long. His ears are so big over his shoulder. Oh my, he's as big as a boulder. The big bad mouse and the Kufalo child ran. The mouse jumped down from the little tree. <laughs> BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and I'm joined this week by Susan Kui and Elaine Lee. They are the folks behind that snippet of story you just heard there. They're called Once Upon a Time with Susan and Elaine and it's essentially a virtual storytelling program for children that first started last year via Zoom during the height of the pandemic. Now that the world is opening up again, do they have plans to bring their performances away from the virtual world? Yes, yes, we actually thought of it. Actually, we already, I uh, mean, we uh, we are now on the midst of uh, uh, discussing with uh, uh, well-known bookstores to actually do something uh, live, like in person. So we are still uh, in the midst of discussion because uh, due to the pandemic, everything we have to, you know, be careful, the SOP and things like that. So, but of course, if the if the things are better, um, me and Elaine would love to do total in person kind of show. You know, I, I don't know about Elaine, but I'm 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 so itched to go on stage. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I've been, I've been longing to go on stage again. So be it, be it a stage for adults or be it a stage for children, just let me be on the stage. <laughs> yeah, we just want the glamour, you know. We just want the glam, you know, like like clap for us, you know. <laughs> but going back to, uh, I guess, what I said earlier, um, if you were to be presented with the opportunity to eventually perform this live um, and I'm sure you know, like you said you would probably take it up uh, but the digital version of, of this Once Upon a Time will still continue regardless right? At least yes, there's a plan. Yes, yes, yes of course, of course because I, I don't see uh, this online digital thing is going to go away in a year or two. It's going to be a, forever like this you know due to this this virus is so clever you know <laughs> so I hope it goes uh, not so clever in, in time to come you know. All right. Yeah. So, um, what what's the reception like from your audience? You know, do you receive feedback from from you know the parents or the kids themselves? What do they say about your your program? It it will sound so bragging if I say that they love us. <laughs> they, actually, they do. They actually write messages to us like they really loved us. Okay, in a way, I don't know. Maybe we look funny. You know. Yeah, actually, no doubt. Actually, they will always say because because we have few children like those who are very close with us. Every time after our our session finish, and they will say, "Miss Elaine, Miss Susan, I want to stay on and talk to you." And they are not even our students. They are just they just meet us on every Sunday, and they are so used to meeting us, and they did not want to lock out. And I say, "Come on, it's time for you to have your dinner." No. I'm going to tell mommy I'm going to stay on and they really stay on for another 20 to 30 minutes and we had, we just have to keep talking to them and, and they will show us all their favourite toys because sometimes when I say when I talk story about a dragon or a dinosaur and they will start showing me with their dinosaur and they say Miss Elaine this is my favourite dinosaur you'll see and I said wow wow so 
despite the fact that they love us, <laughs> we also love them very much for sharing their life with us, be it a small, small little stories. Yeah, that's what we encounter. Um, that, that, that's kind of good. But what about the performance itself? Is it uh, one way or is it very interactive? Do you actually allow them to perhaps open their minds to communicate with you or perhaps they can do that You know, only after the performance? It is actually a very interactive session. Like for this month, we had the Halloween. So there was one, um, last week, my story was talking about there's these five Halloween characters, the old witch, the vampire, the mummy. They came and they were talking. Can you tell me what kind of sound? How did they laugh? How did the old witch laugh? And they will do... <laughs> so that's how they laughed to us. And all of them love it. And where the ghost came and said, how did they laugh? And they, they couldn't imagine it. So I said, and suddenly, very quick, all of them give me the, with show me with their 10 fingers and doing the kind of stuff with all of them in a Zoom, unmuting themselves with the action. And it was fantastic. And we, we actually, every week, we actually do this sort of interaction stuff when we tell the story. Yeah. Oh. Okay, but do you do you have to perhaps only allow it only on certain occasions or like is it like a very free for all when you're always allowed to open their minds? Because because sometimes it's a bit unpredictable, right? Sometimes they can randomly interrupt in the midst of a story if let's say you allow them that that room to always on their mic whenever they want, right? So yeah, how do you deal with that? Before we start the session, I always say, um, you know, we have rules. Like you go to school, you have rules. So in this particular storytelling, we also have rules. So I will ask them to mute their microphone until we call them or we ask them to do an action or we want them to respond, then they unmute. But obviously, uh, sometimes you will have some kids, you know, they're so excited, they unmute and they go like, teacher, teacher, I've heard this before. Miss Susan, Miss Susan, I know this dinosaur. I know this ghost. I know this. So you, you can't stop them, but we try. We will also respond to them in a very short uh, while, like like in, in, a, in a second, split second, and then we will mute their mic back again, you know. Mm, okay, cool. Based on your session, uh, so one session you will at least tell three stories, right? And you'll probably take around, I assume, maybe up to an hour. So the thing about, I guess, digital uh, engagements, whether in the form of uh, like meetings or virtual meetings and whatnot, uh, is that, I guess, to a certain extent, even for us adults, right, uh, we sometimes can't you know, hold our attention to a certain extent because it can get a bit tiring, you know, if you sit in front of a monitor, in front of a computer for quite some time, right, to a certain extent. So uh, how do you make sure that the kids are able to, I guess, pay attention enough till the end? Like, like is that difficult to, to capture their attention, especially... Um, for a prolonged period of time? Uh, like Elaine has mentioned earlier, we actually have like the slides, you know, the picture. And of course, we ourselves, we have to be very interesting. So uh, interesting in a way that kids are very sensitive to sound as also to adults, you see. Uh, I mean, we are all very sensitive to sounds, but especially for children. That's why me and Elaine mimic a lot. Like we use different voices, like a witch, we will speak like, Hello! <laughs> so these are the way we capture them and, and of course with the changing of slides you know it's like you're watching a live uh, uh, TV shows but it's just like the, the slides are only the slides were moved and, and with the voices so it, it's all on imagination and and especially both of us has to be very interesting the dynamics of, of us uh, speaking the getting the louder the softer the, the, the suspense it, it must all be there to keep them like seated and, and focus on us. Okay, yeah. What, what about 
the challenges that you face during this? Um, I think earlier you have mentioned internet connection being one of them. Uh, what are some of the challenges? Mm, the biggest challenge is where where children are so excited. To me, when they are so excited, unmuting themselves <laughs> to talk to us. That's how we got. Okay, that because sometimes when we encounter this, we have to find a way to like. Okay, let me finish your story, and you are going to tell me your story later. <laughs> so, so that's sort of a fun yet nervous situation when I have to handle in the midst of my storytelling. But I, I, I do love it because it simply means that the children love the whole session with us. Yeah. Mm, all right. Um, <laughs> you've been doing this for, for almost a year now. Have you been doing fresh stories all this while or do you have to repeat stories you know, every once in a while? We, have, we never repeat our stories. So it has been fresh stories throughout all this while? Yes. Meaning that you have to constantly look for stories, uh, new stories to tell, right? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever tried writing original stories or I guess sourcing for original stories from you know local authors or authors anywhere around the world? Like for example, you know, if they have interesting stories to tell, do you like perhaps get stories from you know original stories that are written by people who are not maybe non-published stories? You know. If we can find, definitely we would love to to do that. You see, like if we have original stories to tell, that would be. Great. I mean, to me, I, uh, I mean, we both of us are, are not confined to like, uh, oh, we must tell only the classics, you know, these stories, or we must tell uh, uh, only certain authors, you know, or certain publisher. Uh, basically, we do uh, different, different kind of stories. And I discussed with Elaine, we want to introduce more writers to, to kids, you know, writers that are not widely uh, read or found uh, uh, in household. I mean, you know, our Malaysian, uh, we, we, our children here are very used to like classics like, like uh, Cinderella, you know, Snow White or, you know, books that are quite well known. Everybody has heard of it. But uh, both of us agree that we want to do something different, you know. So we don't do classics um, most of the times unless it's a classic month. So we do classic stories. But other than that, we always do stories that probably you have not heard before. Uh, like Batu Menangis, you know, uh, like, uh, like stories like very, very new to kids. Like Bear's Magic Moon. That you, would, you will not pick up that book because you have not heard of that writer. You have not come across friends who has kids read about this books so usually parents they pick up books also because they, they they share a common interest with other friends you know and oh my kids read this so, oh yeah okay i'm gonna pick this up but uh so it, the exploration on books are very limited so we hope that uh, with our medium we actually could introduce them more uh, elaine tells a lot about a lot about uh taiwanese stories which is very interesting uh for me because i make sure that the stories are there are moral values behind. So there was sometimes I would talk about personal hygiene. There was once a story talking about this boy who doesn't like to eat vegetables and the mom has to find a way to help him to start liking vegetables. And also there was another time I had the story talking about how to stop crying. <laughs> it's actually very cute. We're talking about this this cute little animal. He can't stop himself by crying. One little small little thing, he will start to cry. And one day he could not stop crying and the mummy bring him to see the doctor and the doctor say, there's no medicine for this but I perhaps we can think of a way to help him to stop crying. And actually the way is the mummy starts crying. 
<laughs> the mummy has to start crying and mummy cried so badly and the boy couldn't help it but to go and see the doctor and the doctor said um okay so i let you know actually that the only cure to this sickness is you own all you need to do is just give mummy a hug after the boy hugged the mummy and mummy really stopped crying so all this this is what i do in choosing all the stories i make sure there's a the stories are related that are related to our uh, daily life yeah and tell them what can we do when we want to cry or what's the consequences if we don't if we do not take care of our personal hygiene and such yeah so that's how i will usually look for the stories and i think to an extent you're right uh, when it comes to telling stories um yeah as much as we want to perhaps i guess rely on on stories that are written i think culturally speaking i think i'm sure most of us have grown up with stories that are not necessarily written but stories that you know we hear from parents you know people who are older than us and whatnot you know the folk loss right so is is i guess to a certain extent this is also an extension of that right i mean um introducing children kids to stories that they may not have read before you know and it's it's interesting that you know perhaps their first exposure to these stories are in the form of you know or a storytelling medium right where where you know they hear these stories so and you know perhaps you know if they remember these stories enough they can then you know carry these stories over to their friends and you know siblings and and eventually yeah their kids in the future and whatnot so so it, it is one way or another you know as much as this project started out because of the pandemic i guess to a certain extent it can also be used to enrich the experience of of kids these days right if you think about it uh, yeah, yeah yeah yes yes because in every end of the stories uh both of us will add a moral uh to it like uh like uh oh you are not supposed to tell lie or you are not supposed to be arrogant you know at the end of the day you know you will also get your punishment or cannot belittle your friend just because they look small and tiny so every time when we read our stories we will have to find a moral values out of the stories so that we could add on the moral values at the end of the stories like we say every stories that we end on we will also uh, teach them a song so they basically have like so in the whole session besides listening to the stories they also learn songs we all take turns to uh, let's say Elaine tells Bahasa stories so she'll sing the Bahasa song so if it's my turn I will, I will do the Bahasa song so we try to sing uh, introduce them like uh, children folk song you know folk song from Malaysia, folk song from other other Asian countries like Indonesia, you know. So at least um, these are the music that that has been played for many, many years. And and I, I'm sure today kids don't get to hear them this much because they're all into this K-pop thing, you know, and this very hip thing. So we want to also introduce a, a bit of our culture, you know, to them. Through, through a very, very um, engaging medium, right, to a certain extent. Yeah, so, so, so it is like a very exciting project and you're planning to still continue it. So for people out there who would like to find out more about Once Upon a Time with Susan and Elaine, where can they go to? You can join us and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we are we have a Facebook page called Once Upon a Time with Miss Susan and Miss Elaine and also you can find us on Insta or we have a phone number that you can actually call us to find out more. Uh, our phone number is 11 Two three four six six two three six, so you can find us in in these few ways. There's a fee involved, right? If they want to participate, yeah, yeah. the fee is um is just a ten ringgit every week 
which um, the 10 ringgit is actually for the teachers to for me Susan and Elaine to go out and look for more resources for the books yeah it's just a token for them to have fun to watch us yeah You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Elaine Lee and she's joined by Susan Kui and they're both from Once Upon a Time with Susan and Elaine, a virtual storytelling performance for children conducted via Zoom. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at pfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at PFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9 The Business Station.